Hello guys and welcome back to episode 2 of the Privet Park Podcast. Today we have another brilliant guest for you, as today I'm joined by a true Borough legend. She's been representing Gosport for now over a decade, playing with the women's team, winning numerous competitions and even now managing the team. She's currently our head of committee at the women's team and I'm sure you guys know who I'm talking about because today I'm joined by none other than Fran Derbyshire. Fran, welcome to the podcast. Are you looking forward to getting into it today? Hey, I am indeed actually. Looking forward to get our point of view across. It'll be good. Well, it's taken a while to get into it, but I'm sure all the viewers are looking forward to it because even I'm I'm buzzing for this. But let's roll back the years first of all. Can you just tell us your early football memories and how you actually got into the game? So I started playing from a very young age, but at that time, back in the day, uh, there wasn't many girls' teams, so I was playing in mixed boys' teams for quite a lot. I don't think I played in a fully girls' team until school and about the age of 12, 14. Um, so that's when I, I really took off and got into it more and more. However, I then stepped away from playing football as my main focus. I then joined the army. I still played football on the side and then that's how I got into playing for Gosport Borough in 2008, I think it was. It's going back to me, is that? Well, yeah. So when you would have joined Gosport Borough, I would have actually been two years old. So that just shows oh, it. <laughs> Oh, but there's a mad start there. But like you said, it must have been quite hard getting into football. Was this seen as kind of, I don't know, almost a joke kind of? Because I was watching Chloe Kelly, you know, the former England one, the player. Yeah. She said it was always quite hard getting into this sport just because it was always a male traditional sport. So was this the same case with you? Oh, massively. It was always hard and get laughed at and joked at in the playground. And until I actually went and played with the boys in the playground and took the ball around quite a few of them and then they were like oh, okay Frank can play <laughs> um, but I think a lot of girls experienced that back in our day in the younger days it was always frowned upon really for girls to be playing football and even at school the boys would go play football and the girls would have to go do netball you didn't really get a choice back then but I think it's changing now yeah definitely I think we'll talk about a bit later how the lionesses helped change it as well but really when you were growing up how did you actually get into it then was it tv matches or was it actually just your love of the game just kicking around the football I think it was the love of the game um I watched football whenever I could I'd be in the park playing football because we didn't have phones or xboxes back then I'm making it sound like I'm really old (laughs) playing on the park um, until the lights came on playing football the whole time so when was it you actually realised you wanted to start doing it, maybe a bit more professionally, try playing for gospel and a bit more competition perhaps? Probably when I was about 12 is when I started to get quite into it. Um, I then played for Pompey under 15s. Uh, Dave Petacombe back in the day was our manager. I played for Portsmouth University under 16s. And then from there, a lot of girls went on to scholarships in America because that was the in thing, whereas I then joined the army. So around to play competitive in the local area so in a way you mentioned the army there and that's kind of another masculine thing so getting into the army did this kind of help with your confidence involving football as well i think I, yeah i could say i was quite tough um say what i put up with growing up and being frowned upon for playing football that joining the army didn't faze me again i was one of very few females and um, the cohorts probably one female to about 30 40 men but i was well wow, really I was used to play football, so it's no different to me. So did you almost kind of enjoy taking this challenge on, kind of subverting this stereotype? Yeah, I, I guess I've kind of like proven a point that I could do it just as well as the boys. I could do it just as well as the men. So I've always had that mindset that I can do it just as well. 
Yeah, and then you mentioned you played for Pompey a bit there, the academy team. And I'm guessing even academy football, like teams like Pompey, even teams like the bigger teams like Arsenal, Man City women's, they weren't getting the broadcast and they weren't getting the fans. So it must have been nearly impossible to find a non-league team to play for. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I went into the army route, because at the time there wasn't really much option to progress in women's football unless you got that scholarship to America. So I sort of turned my views and joined the army and got a career out of that instead. So looking at it now, do you think it could have almost been a different story if you were playing now? Maybe you could have taken it a bit more professionally. Yeah, I don't want to be one of those people that could have, would have. Um, but who knows uh, if things are how they are now, it could well have been a different story. And then the bit I'm looking forward to speaking to you about is joining Gospel. How did this actually come along? So, yeah, it was just joining the army. I was playing for Moneyfield's women. Um, and then I became friends with quite a lot of the Gosport girls and started to play for them. Um, and we had a really good team. I think we got to step five in the yeah, yeah. Um, Southern Premier. I think we got quite high. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed playing for Gosport and I've never looked back. I've never really gone elsewhere since I came to Gosport. Well, I think it kind of kicked off quite early, didn't it? Because you were kind of already sudden, like winning competitions. So I think your first competition win, I think it was a Hampshire Cup. And can you just tell us a bit about that win, winning your first bit of silverware? Yeah, it, it felt good and nice to sort of prove people wrong that, you know, we can do it, little old gospel team. Um, and we've gone on since then to win lots of silverware, as the ladies have. And then winning this first bit, was it kind of a statement almost? You've kind of got this competition you won and then you wanted more. You wanted to keep going for it. Yeah, I think it definitely helped. Um, it helped getting more sponsorship and getting people aware of the women's game. Um, and then I think we went on to back-to-back promotions back then as well. Same as what we're doing now. So it's just all about profiling and I think that helps within that silverware. Well, I was reading somewhere, I think you won a Hampshire Cup the same year the men's team won it as well. I think it was at AFC yeah. Porchester's ground. It couldn't have really been a much better year for Gosport, could it? No, yeah, I remember that very well. I think crazy gang days, I think. Um, but yeah, there was a picture actually of us um, with a trophy and then the men's with a trophy. Yeah, well, that's so. the one I found. Yeah, because it must have just been incredible when it's so... Yeah, because you won it with the men's team. And then did you kind of recognise you were starting to get a similar almost amount of appreciation for winning yeah I mean at that time as well Benno um, he used to come and watch some of our games so it did raise a lot of eyebrows and were aware of the women's game more and more and we felt more appreciated so it was it was really good times and then speaking about that did you always find you had quite a good relationship with the men's so I think you and the women's team actually went to go and see the men's at the final yeah we did we took I remember good old little gospel borough at Wembley <laughs> we went um, we went as a team, actually, to go and watch Yeah, It was the best day. OK, the result wasn't our way, but it was just the best day to go and see little old Gosport Borough at Wembley. Um, it was great. And like I said, some of the men used to come and watch us. Ben I would come down quite regularly and sit in the dugout and watch some of our games. So, yeah, they were really good times. And you mentioned having this good com- connection with the club. So would you say Gosport's always been quite a family-run club? It's always about friends and family rather than taking things too seriously, perhaps? I think it, that's been its outlook. I mean, it's had its hits and misses. We're trying to rebuild bridges now and bring the whole club back together. Um, it's getting there. I think we're getting in the right way. I've sat down with Mark and had many conversations. We've got the biggest youth set up in the area, the biggest ladies set up in the area, one of the best men's team in the area. It's just about combining it now and keeping that family ethos.
Yeah, definitely. 100%. I will speak a bit about that later. But I think it, it was 2017. I've got it in my notes. But I think this was arguably your best season because you won the double, didn't you? You won the Hampshire yeah. Cup and you got a promotion. Surely things couldn't yeah. have got much better from that point on. Well, no, they couldn't have. But then I think different people were at different phases of their lives. Some people going off to have children. So the team sort of sort of went its separate ways from there. Um, that was that was probably the highlight, doing the double. It It was great. So was this actually your first experience with winning a league or had you won one before and got promotion before? I think we'd won one before, but I think this was the first double we'd ever done. And then also, this was your second Hampshire Cup, I think. So is it still special winning numerous Hampshire Cups or does it kind of feel just as nice as the first time? Every time feels amazing. I mean, I think one of the finals we beat Gosport Falcons in, I remember it was played at the park. Um, the uh, The sprinklers came on halfway through the game, but... They still say it was planned. It wasn't. Yeah, but we beat them in that cup final. And that was probably the best feeling, beating your local rivals in a cup final. Um, yeah, because we'll speak yeah. about that bit later as well. Because I'm pretty sure you did them in the league. I think it was this year as well. And I'm looking forward to speaking about that one because we've got a good story there. But yeah, winning the league, yeah. I think winning a league, it's always kind of hard. Because I was speaking to Justin Bennett and he always found when he got promoted, the teams always had to kind of almost modify to suit the new league. So you get people join, people come out. Did you find quite a few people had to come out during this time just to kind of like look after themselves? Yeah, I mean, we're experiencing it now that um, players come and go um, and each league is different. You have to adapt to the league. Um, how teams play is different. Like We're in Division 1 this year. It's a lot harder and tougher than say, Division 3. So we have to adapt our game sometimes to how the league plays. Yeah, and then obviously you took a bit of a break from gospel and I think you kind of focused more on the army and I think you joined a team called the Royal Engineers. So can you just tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so within the army, each um, section of the army is called a four. Um, they have their own teams. So I then got back into it by coaching and playing for the Royal Engineers, which is my army team. And then I got back into coaching and managing Gosport at the same time. So uh, I think I had a, a two-year break from football. Yeah, because in that two-year break, I think you actually took on a new sport. And I think it involved cycling. And I am quite yeah. looking forward to speaking about that because you did very well in that. I think it was 2017, think, yeah. your first race. And can you just tell us how you got into this sport as well? So at the time, I kept getting the same ankle injury over and over again in football. I'd recover, come back, and it would go again. So I needed something that was non-impact but could still get my fitness up and keep that addictive drive and then I found cycling and that was it it just took off I was racing for the army team at national events across the country so it just really took off. So did you kind of find you were almost swapping football for cycling kind of taking on this new passion when you found a new love for? Yeah in a way I'd, I'd stepped away from football for a year to really focus on the cycling and, and give that a real good go because it was arduous I was training six days a week um, I had yeah. a coach and anytime I wasn't on the bike feet were up resting so it was quite intense and then I think it was 2018 you actually got selected for the army women's team this must have been quite a big milestone for you a big accomplishment not many people can say they've done that no not many and to get selected so quick as well uh, did it within a year um, so that was a huge achievement and I'm still really proud of what I've achieved that army cycling now so how did this actually come along did you get scouted did the army know about you did you have to do trials or was it something like that it was a bit of both, a bit of scouting and then the army put on some races and then you would go and race and then the army team would sort of look and scout you from there. 
Um, but they spotted me from there, and then that was it. From then, I was in the army force. Well, like you said, it helps if you have a passion almost and you're enjoying it. And then I think one of your highlights of cycling must have come in 2020 when you were actually traveling around Cyprus in the nice warm weather, cycling. It couldn't have got much better again, could it? <laughs> Especially the best thing about the army is the sport. You get paid to play sport, um, which we really don't get outside of the army. So getting paid to go to Cyprus to ride my bike and train for a few weeks, that, that was pretty special. Oh, I would have loved it. <laughs> exactly. I was just about to say that. Must have been nice just to escape the British weather, let alone go to Cyprus. Oh, I would yeah, love it exactly. this time, especially with the weather outside now. Nice little yeah. holiday to Cyprus. <laughs> How nice would it be? But I think 2020, it was a round of COVID or around that time. So did you find kind of sports halted for a bit? And did this kind of impact your cycling as well? Massively. So we were in Cyprus at the time, I think, when the first COVID case broke out on the news. Oh, really? Um, wow. wow. And then we flew back to, to chaos, really. And, yeah, you can't compete. And then sports stopped. And we weren't even allowed to really go out at much at times. So it was, how can you keep cycling up? So then a lot of people turned to indoor cycling and the platform called Swift. Um, but that's not the same as racing outside. Um, but yeah, it was a very hard period. So involved. did you kind of find it hard to keep your fitness levels up as well? Like, what were you doing during this time? Uh, so the indoor trainer that I talked about helped a lot. We were still able to cycle miles and miles and we could talk to each other as we're cycling gaming systems these days. So Zwift is a really good platform for that where you can connect and ride together but be at different points around the country. So that was a really good platform. So we managed to stay fit during that. Yeah, so you mentioned it was a bit of a hard time during this time. But then when you did return, you must have almost felt this new love return, this new passion almost. Because I think it was in 2021, you were awarded an award, I think. It was like the Army Champion Award. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so once a year, all the Army riders um, come together and compete and race um, for the title, uh, including Army team riders. So everyone's just against each other. And I came out and won that one, so I was Army Champion. Um, which was great to come out of lockdown and win that. So would you say this is kind of one of the biggest accomplishments? Because almost this is kind of a national one, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'd definitely say that's one of my biggest accomplishments to date. And it's amazing the, the journey I had with cycling. And despite initially thinking you hanged up your boots with gospel, I think you actually made a return with gospel. So can you tell us how this came back along again? So it came across because my niece was playing for the team. Uh, and then my old PE teacher, Charlie um, Nelson, <laughs> Charlie Mills now, um, she took over the team. So she was managing the team. My niece was playing and they were egging me and egging me. Come on, come back. <laughs> How nice would it be to play on the same pitch for your niece? And I was like, yeah, all right then. And that was it. <laughs> so it was kind of well, guilt was... pressure almost. <laughs> yeah, it worked. It didn't take much. Oh, well, that must have been a special moment as well, playing with your niece. Like, yet again, it's kind of reinforcing this point where it's a family club, but this is just taking it to a new level, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really special to share the pitch with her. And then she even assisted me for a few goals, which is yeah. really nice. Some of, I don't think either of us will ever forget. So it was a really nice experience. Well, I wonder who taught her those skills then. I'm guessing you had a big part. <laughs> Obviously, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but this just must have been a special moment because I think it was this season as well. Gosport yet again started to kick off again because was it this year you won the league again? Yep. So not only did we win the league, but we won every single game in the league campaign and we didn't drop a point. And I think we remain one of the only teams across all the leagues to have done that uh, for quite a while. Um, 
even now we still hold that. So that was a really good season. And then I've always wondered, like, this winning mentality, how does it actually start? Does it start from the managers? Does it start from the players? Like, how do you actually conjure this feeling? I think it's a bit of both. So I've experienced the player perspective and the manager perspective. I think you need both. The players have to want to win and want to be there, but the manager has to instill that winning mentality as well. It's got to be both. So do you feel the players kind of just, you have to hype them up almost to achieve the best out of them? I'm quite lucky with my group of players. I don't have to do that too much. They're quite self-minded like that. But obviously I will speak and help them as much as I can. Well, I think you've kind of got to have this winning mentality and also have the experience as well. And you definitely had the experience along the lines because I think you actually, I think you played for the emergency five-a-side team because I was reading a bit about that and that's another big thing as well. Can you just tell us a bit about that and what that is actually about? So that's held, I believe that's held once a year. All the emergency services, it's basically a five-a-side tournament held. It was held in Birmingham, Birmingham, I think. and there's a five-side team from each service that goes um, and compete against each other. And that was real hard, but it was great fun. We had a great team. So was this kind of a competition or was it more just a fun-based competition, trying to prove, like, your proudness? It was a fun competition, but everyone takes it as a competition. It's oh, fun, yeah. It's always <laughs> a competition. Um, but no, it, it was really good. And how did you do in this one? I'm guessing you did quite well, as usual. Yeah, we made, I think we made it to the semi-final. Oh wow, really? I think we lost some penalties. Um, was this like against the fireman team or police yeah, team? Yeah, so there was like um, police service, ambulance service teams, fire service teams. I think they do it quite regularly all across the country, different counties send different teams in. Well, I think I would have had to be cheering on the fire service team there, just because my dad's a firefighter. But yeah, so it must have been great doing that bit. But I think it wasn't too long after where you actually suffered quite a serious injury. I think it was to do with suffering a knee dislocation or something like that. This must have been quite a serious injury. So what happened here? So in January, I dislocated my right knee um, playing football. I planted my foot. Uh, It was quite a horrendous pitch. Probably should never have gone ahead. It was a way older shot. And my kneecap just popped in and out. It popped straight back in. Ooh. Lucky. Ooh. Um, so, yeah, so I was recovering from that. I came back from that. Um, and then I snapped my ACL and LCL in my left knee five months later. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't so think I could have coped with that. <laughs> I'd gone through my whole career <laughs> with serious injuries. And within a space of five months, both knees have been, <laughs> been Oh, no. I just had... I've only just had the operation not so long ago for the LCL and ACL reconstruction. So I'm guessing it was kind of like you got this injury, you maybe came back for a stint and then you got injured straight away again. How annoying was this then? It was so frustrating, especially as I've gone through so long of my life without any serious injuries. Um, to get two in the space of four months, I was like, okay, this is the head, the boots are hung up. <laughs> <laughs> so was this the thing that kind of forced you into retiring almost? Or... <laughs> Almost, yeah. Well, definitely, actually, yeah. I don't think I'll ever play again. I'll just stick to coaching and managing now, so I've still got that involvement. Well, before you did do this, I think you actually got your 100th appearance for Gospel, and this must have been another big thing for you as well, because you even got a framed shirt, I think. I did, yeah. I was presented with it. Uh, 100 appearances, league and cup. We don't count friendly, so competitive appearances, um, which is a really proud moment, actually. Not many can say they've got 100 appearances for the club, so... Yeah, really pleased with that. 
So were you actually one of the first people to achieve this, if not the first? I don't know about the men's side. There must, must be people close to that on the men's side. Uh, I think the female side probably one of. Oh, wow. Yes, it must have been a big achievement. And I'm guessing they kind of did like an award ceremony after the game as well. So you must have been having a big party that day as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely want to celebrate. Yeah, definitely. And not only that, I think it was this season as well where you ended the season with 25 goals or something. But I think you missed half the season as well due to the injury. Yeah, so this is like, how did you get that many goals in despite the injury? That's a staggering amount. <laughs> yes. So one of the players, he's actually on my team now, Jodie, um, me and her linked up really well. And we were just putting balls in the back of the net for fun between us. And I'd make the runs. I wasn't the quickest player, but I just knew where to be and when to be and the time and other runs and I'd be in the right place at the right time. Oh, it was like taking back Erlen Haaland, I'm guessing, a couple of these <laughs> clips. But yeah, not only... I'm not the quickest in the sprint, but I'll just be in the right place at the right time. Which well, to be fair, as long as the ball do. goes in the back of the net, I think you're happy anyway. Exactly. But not only this, I think you got promotion with the Royal Engineers. So another big achievement as well. We did, yeah. We got promotion... Um, we were the underdogs actually and we got promoted to division one um which was still in now we managed to stay up last year um so we're still fighting again this year we're up against some serious teams but we're, we're holding our own and staying in the division at the moment which is great yeah and then you did make the tough decision to try and kind of step back from it go more coaching and how did you get into this is it more you studied the coaching badges did you find you always had a knack for coaching or just how um, did this come along I think a bit of both so obviously Charlie stepped away and it was kind of I take on the reins or it falls to pieces so I was like okay I'll, how hard can it be <laughs> <It's very hard. laughs> um, so yeah so I took on the reins from there and I'm now doing my UEFA C coaching badge so I think I'll just carry on with coaching to be honest. So with these coaching badges is it something where it gets progressively harder almost so like you do I don't know coaching badge A that's kind of like a simple one and then you do B where it gets harder and keeps getting harder until you get the max one. Yeah so it does, I think it starts at your level one it used to be level one two and three now but I think they're changing the wording of it um, but it can go all the way up to UFA pro license that, that's really at the top um, so yeah I'll work I'll do my UEFA C now and then I'll look to apply for my UEFA B probably in a year or two after a bit more experience. So, yeah, again, I think I was reading a tweet where you did it. I think you were the only one on the course, which were a girl as well. So this must have been another yeah. big thing as well. <laughs> yeah, to the, to one of the mentors was like, are you OK with being the only female on the course? I was like, I'm used to it. it it's, it's my life, <laughs> playing football, work. I'm used to it. It doesn't faze me. Obviously, oh. I'd love to be more females in the game, but yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you're starting a new line and starting to create new chances, because we'll speak about that in a couple minutes, hopefully, because we're just about to get on to how you actually came. I think it was a chief in football. So I think you went into the chief committee role in June 2022. So what's this role actually consistent of? Is it forming a new squad, making new players come into the team, or just kind of helping to kind of build bridges between the girls and the youth team just trying to build a pathway almost yeah so it's kind of uh to build bridges and to create a platform for the ladies to have their say for things um we've got audrey as our chair uh, and it's just our way the captains of each team are in it the manager of each team are involved so you get the viewpoint of the whole club not just managers not just coaches get the views of the players um and try and really incorporate the youth and combine us all to keep inspiring girls teams 
I think at the moment there's, I think there's seven girls teams now within Gosport. Wow, Warriors, seven. Which, Blimey. Which is amazing, considering there was none a few years ago. So is there something you feel quite responsible for almost? You're the main one. Like, is there any pressure to that at all? Or do you kind of cope with it quite well? I can't say I'm, the, I'm just the main one. I've probably helped along the way, but there's loads of people in the background that have helped the club throughout to get to this stage with girls teams. And it's something we're still growing, you know. My captain, Char Lindsay, she started the Wildcats programme where girls can go along who are three or four years old. And then girls' teams are formed from that Wildcat programme. Um, so there's been quite a few people to have a role to play, but we're just really keen now to keep keep striving and keep improving the girls' game. So do you feel like Gosport are actually quite good at this? So you're the main team, well, at least one of the main teams in this area that are actually creating this pathway for young girls. Because I think there's still a couple of teams in the local area that don't even have a main women's team or they don't have anything like this. So how is it important is it that you're doing it, you're building the pathway and you're helping these young girls create their dream, maybe even help make a couple lionesses in the future, perhaps? I think it's really important, especially to, to make a pathway that I never had these girls that's why whenever I have a home game at the stadium I always look to use one of the girls teams as mascots get them down for the day to experience and keep inspiring them so that they keep progressing in their journey and I, I think it's just really important the work we do to keep the girls game growing and then something that I did think at to this kind of a catalyst for this improvement of the girls game was the Lionesses winning in 2022 so I think it was kind of a similar Yes, it must have been a similar time when you kind of took over gospel. Yeah. So did you kind of notice the changing like female football at that point? Did you find more people were starting to come down, watch games, and even more of the smaller kids wanting to join the girls' teams? Oh, massively. So I think we started, we had two teams, and now we've got three teams, and we've even spoke about <laughs> possibly having to set up a fourth team because there was just so many, which was amazing, wanting to get involved and have a go. Whereas we have a pathway here where we have a development setup for ladies that have never played before come along and just try and have a go and they won't feel pressured or intimidated by the other main teams as such. Not a lot, hardly any other women team has that. And they either have the first team or reserves. They don't have that development um, area that we do. But the game has grown massively thanks to the Lionesses. The fact that we've got three teams and we've thought about a fourth is, is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah well they definitely did it and they also got to the semi-finals I think this year with the World Cup so did this kind of act as another spark for the women's game do you feel like this Lionesses team is going to keep getting better building more players joining into the team and even the WSL maybe that kind of helps as well with there more games being broadcasted every year and that's it um, by no means is the women's game the same as the men's game yet but it's just not it's still different but it's growing it's going in the right direction getting more broadcasting, getting more airtime, raising people's um, eyebrows, awareness of the game. It's just going to keep growing. And I think the best thing for me is when I, I hear the comments from certain men and then they have daughters and then the daughters want to get involved up and I'm just sat there drinking my cup of tea a little bit smug like, <laughs> now you're involved in the girls' game. So it's here to stay, whether people like it or not, the women's game's here to stay, the girls' game's growing and it's going to keep growing. Well, I think one of the standing points involving the girls' scheme at Gospel was actually the first game back when you returned to Privet Park, because I think the girls actually returned to a crowd of over like 400, or it was a big number. I can't remember the exact number now, but this must but have been I, incredible. I think that was our game against Falcons last year. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had, it was a cup game, and the crowd was amazing. We couldn't really believe what we were seeing. Um, it, it was brilliant. Um, and it's still growing now, even at games. I've seen some people at our games, and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, 
for just it's not just family members coming to watch now. We've got people from around the corner that are generally interested just coming to watch now, which which is great. Well, you definitely treated the fans to a good game there against the Falcons because I'm pretty sure you were the only team in the whole league who actually took points against them. And I think, did this kind of set up the final league game where you already knew you kind of had promotion there? So the team we only took points, the only team we took points off was Haven't, um, but we had a really good battle with Falcons. It was Haven't won the league, um, but we were the only team to take points off them. However, it was between us and Falcons for that second promotion point. Um, we beat them at home in the cup. They beat us at home in the league, and then a week later we went to their place and we beat them five 0 on the last day of the season. Um, so that was an amazing, amazing feeling to get the final say, get the final promotion over our local rivals with a five 0 victory. It was it was brilliant. Well, like you said, it couldn't have gone much better, could it? Winning against the rivals as well. Because I was watching a couple of clips on the game. I've just seen loads of little young girls and I think a couple of older girls, more teenagers. Like they were asking you for high fives. They were walking out with you on the pitch. They were asking like for autographs as well. So was this kind of your like reflection of like you kind of made it? It's kind of your taste of being what could have been like that slide endorse moment almost. Yeah, it was a real nice feeling. And it's really nice to feel appreciated and valued by, you know, the local girls and people watching on. But, but yeah, it's great. I can't deny it. Well, I think you're notorious for managing the main women's team. But like you said, you do loads of different bits. So you manage quite a few different teams. And I think you're in charge of over 60 players. So you gave 60 females a women's shirt and you actually allowed them to play their first couple of games with gospel. So do you ever feel quite proud of this as well? And do you actually ever reflect how impressive that is? I think the end of each season, especially this season just gone, I sat down and thought, wow, we've just catered for 60 women have worn the Borough shirt at some point this year, but it's first team reserves development. And that was a real achievement um, to look back, the stress and the grey hairs it's caused. It, it's worth <laughs> it to see how much it's growing and continuing to grow. And then this growth... I'm guessing it can only improve, surely. Like, what can you do, Gosport and other local teams in the non-league area, that can help improve the women's game? Maybe get more girls on board, start more youth academies? Or what would your advice be? I've definitely started more girls' team. You need that youth system. Um, I've seen the amazing work Jerome Pat's done with the Centre of Excellence, and I'd love there to be a Centre of Excellence just for girls. Uh, that, that would be the dream, but that's a way off yet. But, yeah, I'd love to see something like that but most importantly getting girls involved at all age groups and trying to get as many girls teams as we can to keep that pathway growing and then take the first team as, as high as I can in the, in the step ladder. So your future does it rely on Gosport so do you think you'll be with Gosport now for a couple more years or could you see like quite a long period with Gosport now? I'd like to think I'd, I'd be with Gosport for quite a, a long period keep it settled keep it growing um, and then who knows what happens in the future. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, hopefully a good future. And also, before we end, I just want to speak a bit about the men's team as well, because you're a big men's fan as well. And yeah. I just want to ask you, how do you think the season's going? It can't really look much better, can it, at the moment? No, it's, I mean, last year I was sat at games in the rain and I felt the, the gloom <laughs> and I was like, oh, why, why do I come? But you come because you're a fan and you're there for the highs and the lows. And then no one expected this year. I mean, everyone, I know of Joe and Pat and the work they've done at the Centre of Excellence. My nephew played for them. Um, they're amazing coaches and I knew we'd be all right. And to see the start they've done, they're getting local in, they're getting youth in. It, it's just such a feel-good vibe at the minute. And I love going to the games, the vibe around the stadium at the minute. 
I mean, the attendances speak for themselves. Like, what other teams in our league get like 900, 1,000 at home games? It, it's really good. Well, the good thing is, I think it just looks as though everything's going to plan, really. It looks as though, as a whole, Gosport's kind of in our golden years at the moment. Do you kind of reflect the same way? I think so. I think we're in a really lucky place at the moment. Um, hopefully it still keeps going our way. Uh, the ladies game, <laughs> men keep having a brilliant season and, and who knows where we could be at the end of the season. Well, Fran, it's been excellent speaking to you. And do you have any final words to the viewers? No, all I'll say is if you are interested in coming down to watch the ladies' games, then please do. It's free entry for us because I'm just trying to grow the game. I'm not about making profit. I just want people to come and watch and enjoy it. Bring your daughters. Come see. Well, 100%. If you're a young girl watching this, make sure to join Fran. And maybe one day you could be a pro lioness as well. But Fran, I think you know how to end the podcast. Can you say the final words? Up the borough. Up the borough. <laughs> final words from me? Up the borough. <laughs>